All right, so the Bible reading today is from Psalm 32. I'm just going to start with blessed. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in, in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you, while you may be found. Surely the, the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and brittle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. Great. Well, it's time to grab a seat. Uh, there's been plenty of words of uh, appreciation towards our youth, but I'm, I just, yeah, want to once again say well done to our youth uh, for their contribution to not only today, but to the life of our church. We are blessed uh, to have youth in our, in our midst. Um, and look, there's another generation coming through. Uh, who love the Lord, and that's that's amazing uh, blessing to know that uh, that there that there is always a future in God's kingdom, um, and what's what's to take place in the future. Uh, so today we've already had Psalm 32 read, and the title today is "Forgiven You Beauty," and I've chosen that because it's a youth title. I think. Tell me, what does "You Beauty" mean? <laughs> you, just change the title, you ripper. Okay. What does it mean? When would we, you say, you beauty? <laughs> What's that? There's lots of people joining. It's great. Uh, so when it's something's fantastic. I think, would you use it in the sport context? Yeah, you say, oh, we've, we've, you've, we've kicked the winning goal or we've uh, scored the try or whatever our sport is. You beauty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we know the phrase, you beauty, and I'm using that in reference to being forgiven, because there's something awesome about forgiveness. And so, um, I have a story to share when I was a lot younger, I think it was when I was finishing primary school, and uh, what happened is, um, my neighbour said he was going to the show, and he said, would you like to go? And I said, oh Yeah. I'd like to go. So I went home and asked my parents, can I go to this in Canberra? Can I go to the Canberra show? No, not allowed to um, for various reasons. So what did I do? I thought I knew better than my parents. So uh, I uh, made up a plan, very clever. And I said to my parents, um, I'm going over to my neighbor's house to not go to the show, of course, I wouldn't mention that, to play computer games for a few hours. Uh, so it worked. The plan came uh, to, it was a I don't know, probably a Saturday afternoon, went over to play computer games, uh, managed to sneak into the car with them without my parents noticing, 
uh, and they drove me to the show and they paid for me to go in. I had a great time at the show. I went with my friend from across the way. We went and played all the, the carnival games at the show and we actually won heaps of those stuffed animals, uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, had, had a great time. And then we came home. And then, oh, what am I going to do now? Uh, what's going to happen? I had to have a new plan. Uh, and so my plan now uh, was, yeah, to cover it up. So uh, I hid the toys over at my friend's house and uh, came back in and it worked. I hid it up perfectly and, and no one knew. Um, except I did have an older brother and uh, older brothers are very perceptive to these sort of things. And it had worked for weeks. I'd covered it all over perfectly. Nothing had gone wrong. And then I got in a fight with my brother one day. And he knew what had gone on. And all of a sudden, everything started to unravel. He challenged me in front of my parents, I think in front of my mum. And I said something really silly like, well, you could have gone too if you didn't do this. Uh, and the whole thing fell apart. Weeks and weeks of, of, of making up stories. And oh, I felt terrible. Uh, and I can just, I'm sure I got in incredible amounts of trouble. I think I was grounded for a couple of weeks from memory. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, this compounding cycle of lies that built up. And uh, yeah, it was bad. It was a bad situation. It caught up with me. And I think there's all situations that we can probably think of where we've done something like this <laughs> picture suggests and we try to say, oh no, it wasn't me. Um, we get found out at times. Or other times, it's that conscience inside of us and we, we feel a bit guilty uh, we start saying, oh, I've actually got to confess. I feel a bit bad that, that I've done that and it's, it's causing ongoing consequences in us or in someone else. And so, yeah, I'm sure we can all say we've got a story that we can relate to where we've done something that's hurt other people. We felt bad. But then there's a whole other level to things when we realise it's not only just about other people, but what about things that we've done which hurt God, things that um, are against our Creator. We have this greatness of God, His, His wonder, and yet we do things against Him which aren't right, which we know are wrong. And then this guilt builds up inside of us when we realize that there's something in our hearts that we don't want to talk to God about, that we don't want to acknowledge. We might call that our, our private space, or that's no access space that no one and particularly not God's going to have access to. King David wrote this psalm, and King David, he messed up greatly. Who can tell me something about David's mess up? What did he do that we read about in the Bible? What's that? Yeah, he had someone murdered, he committed adultery. Bathsheba, he saw the lady bathing on the roof, uh, on the on the roof, um, and he his his eyes caught her, and he wanted um, he wanted that, and so he he called her over, and he had sexual intercourse with her, even though she was married, and then um, he tried to cover up. There was this whole cycle of lies that came with it. It ended up with Uriah coming back and being a very honest man, and then he got put to death um, in war. David misusing his power and the whole cycle 
came to a front when David was confronted by the prophet. Remember, I think it was Nathan the prophet came and confronted him. And all of a sudden, this whole cycle of stuff that was going on um, was affecting David and it all came to the forefront. And David in this psalm, he makes this point that sin has a toll on us. If we start this cycle of doing things that aren't right, it starts to affect us physically and emotionally. It has a toll on our body. When we realise that God is there, that we've hurt him, then it impacts on the way that we live. When we're living a lie, it impacts something inside of us. Because at the heart of all these issues, we need to remember that God knows everything. We can't hide things from God. God is all-knowing. And yet somehow we think that that we can um, just push it aside for a while. And what happened to King David when he, when he hid it? When I kept silent, he says, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. He didn't want to talk to God anymore. There was this huge hindrance in his situation. And David started to feel distance from God. And he actually felt this agony within him, this, 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 this struggle that went on for him. In verse 4, for day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped and was in the heat of summer, as in the heat of summer. All of a sudden this heaviness came on, on David. And if you know anything about King David's life, he had a prosperous life. God had blessed him. He'd, he'd been in most incredible situations that God had proven his faithfulness time and time again. And now, as king of Israel... In this sin, he was, he was sapped. He was sitting in a heavy place, a, a bad place. Guilt had ridden him. Because David is getting to the point that there is a heavy burden that comes when we have unconfessed sin before God. We've all done things that are wrong before God. But when we try to hide it away, when we try to... to to make it as if it doesn't matter. It starts to impact on us. Sure, we might be able to pretend nothing's going on or that God doesn't really matter for a while. But deep down, this, this, this struggle, it, it, it robs us of true peace with God. And there are times when temptation comes and and these feelings, they return, and, and they only get worse if we go down that path again. The person that knows it's wrong, they've, they've, they've tried to get it better themselves, but then they go down that path again because temptation comes. Just one more time. I enjoy that. I'm going to do it again. But then that compounds the situation. I wonder if there's something in your life right now that you've never told God about something that you've never opened up to God and confessed to Him, something that you're struggling with. We all struggle with things. And this psalm calls us to take it seriously. There is counsel in this psalm, either to David or from David or from a priest. It's not 100% clear, but it's godly counsel. And it says, Do not be like a horse or a mule, which have what? What? 
they have no understanding, but must be controlled by bits and horse people. Here's a bridle, bridle, bridle. Who said bridle before? It's a bridle up the back. Bridle. Okay. Or they will not come to you. Anyone worked with an untrained animal before? Hard work. Uh, It's nothing easy about it. People can be like that when it comes to God. We just wander off in our own direction, caught up in our own ways. A bit like David in his sin, caught up in his own direction. But as we go down that path, there will be a time that we will get confronted. God's correction will come. We know at the end of time, God's judgment will come. There is a heaviness to this stuff. And there is a burden that comes with it. I think David brings that out in this psalm. There is a burden of sin, of unconfessed sin. It's it's a weight to carry. Robs us of that peace. It gets gets in the way of us living the life that God intended for us. That abundant life. As the picture suggested here, it's like a weight that we carry around. And what do we want of this weight? We want nothing of it. We want it to be completely gone. Just taken away. A bit like this picture here. I've got this pathetic pile of rubbish that everyone would want gone. It could have even been dumped in your front front yard. Imagine that, all that pile of rubbish. You'd want it gone. Completely gone. (laughs) Get rid of them. Get rid of it. Remove it. Maybe, can you think of an example where something is just completely gone? Where, can you think of an example when stuff can just be taken away and it's gone no more? No more memory of it. A bit like taking that, that garbage and sticking it in the back of that garbage truck and it's gone. I'm not going to think about it anymore. Have you got an example of when things are just completely gone? <laughs> That's a prime example. <laughs> Particularly at Christmas time, Steve, is it? There's a lot of extra costs. <laughs> That's right. Money goes. You pay the bill, it's gone. It's very rare that a shopkeeper would turn around and give you the money back. Very rare. Anything else where you can think where things just go? At times, happiness can go. Okay. Yep, we're in a bad place. Yeah, it's gone. Yep. I was thinking like a sports game when that umpire pulls out that red card and that player is gone forever. They've had enough. They've broken the rules so badly that it's just, you're just completely out of the picture. I think they should do that in AFL. That'd be better, I think. Anything else? Can we think of another example of when things are just completely taken away out of the situation? What's that? An earthquake. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
the delete button on the computer. Delete, it's gone. Can't get it back. Particularly if we've deleted it properly with the shift and delete, I think. Permanent delete. Ah, yes, a fire. Yeah, things can be completely gone. <laughs> Very true. Yes, that's a perfect answer. That's right. And so we want things to be gone. Um, and the reality is, is that any burden that we have before God, we've been talking about this unconfessed sin. We want that to be gone. And when it is gone, when we realize that forgiveness, it is good. That's when we cry out, you beauty. When we realize that every single sin can be taken away and is taken away by God. Taken away for good. No more. Forgotten about. It is a good, good feeling for our heart, for our soul, for all of our body. And that's the key point of this whole psalm is to say that we are blessed, that we find this goodness, this joy. We're thankful when we find God's forgiveness. Three times it says here, firstly, your transgressions are forgiven, then your sins are covered, and then thirdly, it says, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Three times this this wonderful reminder that we are blessed when our sins are taken away. It's a, a clear reminder that it is a very good thing, a joyful thing. Notice at the end how it says, in whose spirit there is no deceit. There has to be something genuine going on when we come to, to, to saying sorry to God. It's not sort of like a, a token effort to say, well, look, I'm sorry I'm doing this, but then the next week we just turn around or the next day and actually just do it again. We're not truly sorry. This idea of us deeply looking within us saying, I'm sorry, Lord. And it's a new commitment that I'm actually going to try a different way, your way. We call it repentance sometimes of turning away from the things that were wrong and turning towards God. To say, your way, Lord, and I'm sorry. That turning. In verse 5, it says these words, Then I acknowledge my sin to you. This is after David's pain in his heart. He said, Then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. It's a pretty straightforward, simple task. Rather than that burden, he, he admitted his failures he turned to God, he confessed, and he found acceptance. He found God there to welcome him, freely, without any cost, complete forgiveness. Incredible when you think about what David had done, and yet he found this incredible acceptance by God, and he was rejoicing and celebrating. This is actually brought up in the book of Romans as we turn into the New Testament. This very point, this psalm is quoted in reference to David and his right standing with God, not because he had worked hard to earn it, but because of God's grace, God's kindness. In Romans 4, 6, it said, David said the same thing 
when he speaks of the blessedness of the one whom God credits righteousness apart from works. To have a right relationship with God, a right standing, not because being a really good person, but because God is good and he's just asked for forgiveness and he's received God's mercy and acceptance. That's incredible grace. That's what God does to us. And that's why it is so good to be forgiven. It is the most incredible feeling when we realize there's a weight on us and then that weight is taken away. It is good. We rejoice. We praise God because of that. So sometimes I think that we forget the greatness of this. This this wonderful freedom that we can can find and, and experience to know that God has completely forgiven us and taken away that sin. No more will it be brought up. Completely forgiven. It is a remarkable thing. The forgiveness of God on our life. And the blessings don't only stop with the forgiveness. The blessings just flow out of that forgiveness because once we are forgiven, we are completely right with God. And Psalm 32 talks about some of those wonderful blessings. What a blessing it is, not only that we have this awesome forgiveness, but also that we become found. We become welcomed by God. The children of God, knowing Him in this relationship. David talks about this so clearly that he knew God once his sins were confessed. We also are protected as a community. The idea of rushing waters coming. God promises to protect us from danger. It's not to say that Christians never die, but it's to say that God gives us promises that are even beyond the grave, that he protects us against whatever life throws at us. And in the midst of trouble, God is our hiding place. He is the one that we can turn to and he will protect us. And the next one, God surrounds us with songs of deliverance. What a blessing it is to be in a community of people who have found forgiveness and we sing songs together praising God because he's forgiven us. That's exactly what David's saying. We can go to to church here and we can sing together. Thank you, God. And this song surrounds us and we praise God together. And what a blessing it is that once we know God and we seek his ways, that all of a sudden godly counsel, godly instruction matters to us. And it's in our community. That's a blessing that David points to. And he also points to the fact that as we're forgiven, we know that we are surrounded by God's unfailing love. I talked about um, David and what happened with Bathsheba before and that he confessed his sins. Bathsheba had a child in that relationship. And what happened to the child? It died. There was consequences to what took place. But what happened to that child? Do we know what happened to that child? Went to heaven. David said, he remember, he, his heart was broken. He fell on his knees for days. He was mourning in the temple. And then he got up. And when the news came that the child had passed away, and he said, well, I'm going to get up and praise God because I will see this child again. I will be in this child's presence again. He knew in the power of God and, and life and that God would bring life to this child. This child wasn't under judgment. David was. And David realized and turned back to God. 
And David only had to say sorry once. David, in that incredible sin, he realizes he's wrong, he says sorry, and straight away he knows he's accepted by God. And that's the same for us. We confess our sins and we can trust that God forgives us. And it becomes so much clearer as we look through our Christian's eyes, as we look through the cross, as we look through what Jesus has won for us, completely forgiven, sin completely taken away. And that's why Psalm 32 ends with these words, a call for everyone. There's already been a call for us to confess our sins, to, to get right with God's. And that's before all of us today. Let us get right with God. Let us confess our sins. But then there's a call to rejoice in that. To rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in hearts. And may that be us. May we live out this verse. May we rejoice in the Lord. May we be glad. May we sing. May we know that our hearts have been lifted up in that forgiveness. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we want to come and say thank you this morning. Thank you for the incredible forgiveness that has been won for us, given to us. We thank you, Lord, that as we confess our sins, that you hear us and that you forgive us. And Lord, I ask that you will help us to search our hearts this morning. If there is anything in our lives, Lord, help us to have a boldness to talk to you to speak to you and to find that forgiveness. And Lord, we thank you for that promise that when our sins are confessed, that you forgive us. And we thank you for the times that you have forgiven us. And Lord, I do pray, Lord, for anyone here this morning, that as they consider their lives, that you will help them to know of your great love and the freedom that there is in, in the confessing of sin. So help us to be at peace with you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.